And this is our plan of attack. Banks have become an essential threat to our democracy. So consider this justice. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station on the Internet. Please help support this station so this battle can continue forward. Revolution Radio! Extendivite really works. Just listen to what some people have to say. Several years ago, I was developing a very uh, severe situation. I called it my flippy heart. It just was doing not good things. And I did not want to go to a medical doctor because uh, I just knew they would give me a cover-up pill. I didn't want to get onto that sort of thing at all. When I learned it was garlic and cayenne, and cayenne is a healer. It is a wonderful herb. I said, I think I'm on to something here. I'll tell you, I wouldn't be without it. It did wonderful things for me. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Call now. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. Welcome to Sacred Matrix, a divine paradigm of love and universal consciousness, with your host, Janet Kira Lesson and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Together, we transform the world. And now, here are your hosts, Janet Kira and Dr. Sasha Lesson. on Revolution Radio at Revolution.Radio. And I'm your host, Janet Lesson, with my co-host, Dr. <laughs> Sasha Alex Lesson, and our producer is Thomas Becker, and our special guest today is Brett Luter. And Brett received his bachelor's degree in journalism from Chico State University in 2000, and since then he's gone on to write roughly 700 articles on music, alternative history, Spirituality and UFOs for such magazines as Magical Blend Magazine, UFO Magazine, Reggae Festival Guide, <laughs> Chico News and Review, and on and on and on. I have a, a long bio on Brett on AquarianRadio.com along with some pictures so you can see what he looks like. Uh, he's written two books, uh, Song You Heard, The Story of the Search for the Lost Note, and uh, The Esoteric. Uh, uh, second is a, a 
Oh, it's a first of a three-part series out of the Esoteric Guide to the Reggae Vibe series. And he's got a couple more books coming up, and I'm going to let him tell you about that. But first, we're going to bring on Dr. Sasha Alec Lesson. And, uh, sweetheart, are you there? Can you sound check here? Somebody's yeah, making some uh, yes. noise. If you could mute your mic when you're not talking, that would be great. We have less okay, I'll mute them. Okay. Hi. No, you're talking right now. <laughs> Say hi and, and go and ahead, sweetheart. I'm, okay. <laughs> hey. All this different stuff. And so when we ask him what's the, what's the hottest and so forth, and he get a bunch of subjects. And the one that you, Brett, the one that you said that I really was interested in was the inner earth stuff. So I hope we get to that. <laughs> yeah, you have a book called, you know, well, what's your book that you're, there's two books you're going to do soon. Which one's going to be first and what are they called? Uh, well, I'm not sure which one's going to be first because I think uh, one's going to be a little more simple than the other one. But I'm working on volume two right now of my trilogy, and it's called um, uh, Tales of a Heavy Heart, UFOs, Magic, and Impending Doom. Uh, and it's the ongoing story of the uh, role of the Roots Reggae Rastas on the world scene uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, collective consciousness, in terms of our global consciousness uh, these guys are playing a really big role in, in conscious transformation, and I think it's gone underreported. So that's the theme of the trilogy, the esoteric guide to the reggae vibe. Um, and then my other book right now is called uh, UFO Hunter's Guide. That came out in two, 2012. <clears throat> I was a bit disappointed with uh, with how I was dealt with with the Wiser book, so I'm going to be re-releasing that as the Esoteric Guide to UFOs, which was its original title, and I'll be uh, updating that, and then that that's coming a little bit later. But the, the other book I'm writing now is called UFOs in the Inner Earth, and it's going to be all about my favorite, two of my most favorite subjects: UFOs and, of course, the Inner Earth. All over. I know that. Oh, I'm mad. I can hear your conversation. I'm mad. Sorry. We can hear your so, conversation. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're getting. Should I repeat that? Um, no, 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 we're good. We're good. So, uh, yeah, give the, uh, repeat the, the book you just mentioned, the, the second book about UFOs and the inner earth or something like that. Yeah, that's, that's the, I hope to have both books out by December and, um, UFOs and the inner earth, combining two of my most favorite subjects, UFOs, of course, and the inner earth, the, whether it's subterranean earth or hollow earth, uh, those two subjects combined into the title inner earth for me. And um, when you're talking underground bases, uh, deep underground military bases or dumbs, or whether you're talking about Agartha or Shambhala, which are supposedly cities inside of a hollow earth, I am just all ears and fascinated and all a tingle. And um, even for my short time in research, about 15 years or so, uh, I've compiled quite a bit of information and um, charted a little bit of new ground. So... That's all going to be chronicled. It's been chronicled in lectures already. I'm just putting it in book form. So. Oh, wonderful. So let's let's start there. I mean, I vote to start there. What about you, Sash? Let's start with the inner earth. Where do you, where do you want to go? You there, yes. Sasha? You're on mute. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. 
we have, we have, okay, so let's start, because you said you've done a series of lectures on it. So tell us what you've learned from your perspective. You know, we have all this stuff from uh, David Wilcock and Corey Good and Dr. Michael Sala, and, you know, they have their perspective. But from your perspective, first of all, what's the source of your information? Um, of course, my main source is reading many, many, many books. Anything that had to do with the Hollow Earth, I got my hands on and read it. I got on Amazon, got some of the old books that are really hard to find, um, that have, you know, maybe have some outdated information, but still studying the roots of this story coming up. Because um, what I noticed was that throughout these different stories, like, let's say, uh, The Smoky God, if you guys have read that story. One of my most favorite no. stories. Yeah, it's a story about a Stop father and son. Yeah, get, put that on your okay. list for sure. It's a story of a father okay. and son. They're going fishing. Uh, yeah. They keep going north. Yeah. They encounter warmer water. And then they wind up meeting a bunch of giants and having this whole experience in the inner earth. And it kind of ends in tragedy because the dad is, like, proven insane. I think, Or he has to stay behind. Something, something tragic happened at the end. I forget. I've read a lot of these stories. I kind of get mixed up. But the point is, once uh, you read a bunch of these... Oh, go ahead, Sasha. Their boat hit a, uh, a an iceberg, and the dad drowned, and the son was on the uh, uh, ice flow, and, and a, a, a whaler picked him up. And then didn't he get committed to the psych ward or something, trying to tell his story? Uh, uh, yeah, no, yeah uh, the person okay. who had taken over his dad's uh, uh, money uh, wanted him put away so that uh, he wouldn't get his inheritance, and they would get it. Interesting. Well, anyway, it's been a long time since I read that book. What I take from that book is the father-son story. Um, you know, I miss my dad. My dad died when I was a teenager. And um, so anyway, but what that story has, let's say, in common with uh, um, uh, uh, Kingdom of Agartha by uh, uh, St. Alvedre, I think is how you pronounce that, pronounce that last name. And um, there, there seems to be a theme across, and you're seeing this theme uh, replicating itself with the David Wilcock and Corey Good information, with the whistleblower information about Antarctica and how the pyramids are under the ice or in a sub. Are you there? I lost him. Matt, are you still there? Hey, he's showing still here. Okay, Brett. Um, Maybe his voice is frozen <laughs> under Ann Arnie. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, Brett, try um, hanging up and then rejoining the. Would that work, Ramad? Hang up and rejoin like I have to do sometimes? Yeah, it might just be it. If you can hear me, okay. then he should be, you know, it's at his end. Yeah, we can hear you. Or do you want to have. Tag him up and call him back. I'm mad. You want to try that? Yeah, I can do that too. Okay, let's try that because we lost our guest. We don't know where he is. <laughs> he fell down in the inner earth. Not good. Not good. Okay, see if you can revive him for us. Um, while we're trying to get him, uh, Sasha, you want to tell what you know about well that story? Uh, oh, yes. One of the interesting things nowadays is that the glaciers named Thwaiti and two others are great big things the size of Rhode Island are sliding down the melting ice sheet into warmer oceans and they're going to make big waves and they're moving faster and 
west and underneath these glaciers is the ice sheet itself. So, you know, move back from the ocean. Find the high ground. (laughs) Time to get up. (laughs) So, any luck getting him back? If you live in California, plant ice plant. It'll so hold the coast. I've called him again. So, yeah, the Olaf uh, Jansen story is fascinating, and they talk about giants and spacecraft. Who's, who's yeah, it's and, and elephants that are, it's not just giant people. They have giant elephants and everything. It's like everything's jumbo. So you've tried to call them and we can't get them, huh? It's not working? No, it ain't letting me bring him in. I, I just message him and find out if he's all right. He, he could have lost his internet. Okay. It's just not showing he's offline. Oh, okay. It's not showing off my see if I can uh, call he's him. Back, no, okay. Oh, he's typing me back. You still have him. Okay, good. Alrighty. So, <laughs> so when, <laughs> so Sasha, the, the story about the. And it's called uh, Smoky Sun because it has its own, it, uh, heat source. And it's, uh, start again. I can't hear you. Hello. Slow down. What's your there, there we oh, go. He's back. Okay. Yay. Do we know what happened? Okay. No. What happened? I don't know. I'm, I just it just dropped. I don't know if it was on my end or what. We, we couldn't hear you, so I dropped to bring you back in. Okay. Yeah, I dropped at some point for yeah, about a minute. I was out, but I remember where I left off. If you want me to continue. Oh, please continue. Yes, we're we want to hear okay. all about this. So, so what I, I began to see a theme of patterns throughout the different stories. Um, where these, they had certain things in common with each other. And so, you know, I, I really, back in the day, I, I hit myself in the head with this because I'm a public relations major at Chico State University. That's what my degree is in. It's a subcategory of journalism. And what I realized after reading all these UFO, uh, inner earth books was that there's a public relations campaign going on and it's being perpetrated by the people of the inner earth where they're only allowing certain oh. themed information come out in a timely manner. And so when you see the Corey Good and David Wilcox stuff, this falls right in line with the extended public relations campaign where the information is being released in a controlled and timely basis for uh, widespread dissemination, or, or if not a psychological test to see if a certain part of the population or enough of the population is ready for this kind of information. Um, but that's the conclusion I came to. And what I did, uh, Janet and Sasha, is that I took, I found a, a tree chart of a public relations campaign from my old notes back from back in college. I kept all my stuff. I was one of those weird people that kept all my books and notes and stuff. <laughs> and, um, and I, I put a, a structure of a public relations campaign on the left side of the page and I started filling in the blanks with inner earth information on the right side of the page. And everything lined up beautifully, and it overwhelmingly, in my view, suggests at least, if not proves, that where the surface people has been being perpetrated a public relations campaign upon us for hundreds, if not thousands of years, having to do with the information of of the inner earth, its knowledge of its existence, 
the high technology and culture that they possess and the, the different reasons why it's been kept from the from the surface dwellers, right? Because, you know, this has uh-huh. to do with ascension. And we're only at a certain stage in ascension. And so certain information can't be released until a certain time, until we're ready. So that's my uh, information uh, and my conclusions, rather, <laughs> in, a, in a field wow. where it was. it's hard to chart new ground because you can't just, like, go to an inner earth ex- uh, entrance and just walk in like it's the gap. Um, this stuff, this information is hard to come by. Even when you know of it, the expedition to get to some of these places is very tough, which is like, that's why I like going to Mount Shasta because it's in my neck of the woods and there's all kinds of inner earth stories surrounding Mount Shasta. Um, so, yeah, you know, right. you know, so uh, you're pretty, go ahead. Yeah. It's really very much like, uh, like that of the uh, Tibetans that talk about a Kalki uh, every uh, 25,000 years, uh, which is uh, basically timed as the same as uh, a, a, the change of the great cycle of the Hindus because it's all this the same uh, trip and that at, at every 25,000 years they send a sage, a Kalki, who's got information and the information is usually the same. Oh, just love everybody. Very interesting. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Janet. Well, I wanted to um, kind of lay out if you could describe what their cultures like from what you know from reading. And then I did have a guest. What was his name? Billy something. Uh, I'll have to look it up. There's a, a guy, Billy, who came up. He said he was from the inner earth culture, uh, that he was sent up as a child. He and his sister, um, I gotta look up his name. Uh, Colonel Billy Woodard? I him about five. Yeah, I, I interviewed Billy about four or five years ago. And, Does he put on uh, his Lemurian crown thing in, in the interview on well, YouTube? This was just, yeah, he has a, a, a Lemurian earth. I know who you're talking about, yeah. Uh, inner earth. Yeah, so he claimed that, uh, the, the government found him, accelerated his graduation, uh, said you're in the army kid or whatever, took him into the military, took him to the underground facilities at, uh, Area 51 or S4 or something, uh, kept promoting him because he had to have higher and higher clearance and then, uh, made him aware that his father had been had contacted him from the inner earth and wanted to meet with him. So he ended up uh, going further, further down. So they, they reached the underground. It's not a railroad. It's like a transportation system. They call it a railroad, but it's not a railroad. It's a, it's like a two-base system, very high level, um, high speeds. You know, you can go from Montauk, but there's, a, there's an aspect of it, a branch of the underground uh, facilities that's in Montauk, and it goes from, Montauk, all the way to Mount Shasta, right? So he ended up going to Shasta, and his dad revealed to him who he was, because he didn't remember because he was a kid, and they mind-wipe you, and then it all came came back, and they took him down to the um, inner earth, and I guess it, it's kind of, it's global, but in the in the earth, inside the earth, just like we have a global, um, you know, population. They have facilities all underneath there, and so anyway, that's one story, but... Um, what do you know about what what is it like down there? Do they have cities? What's their what's their light source? Do they have plants and vegetation? What do you know? Well, to, that's a philosophical question. I'm not sure I could answer right now. 
Okay. I don't. I don't know if I know. In- uh oh. He's gone again. So, but you know, it's oh, a philosophical my- question about what do you know? It's that's called epistemology. So we we you, you made of epistem off of radio with that question. <laughs> oh, but uh, what do you know is a profound question, and how do you know it? That's all. He was just joking with that. And that joke just often took him right off the radio. Right again. Uh, imagine you try. Uh, so I will say that, that uh, in the meantime, I, I you know uh, John Lee and some other people, insiders, have told me that uh, the inner Earth people have um, you know office and they've uh, an ambassador and they're in regular contact with our government. And they've been feeding uh, the Nazis' children uh, to our universities uh, all all over the civilized <laughs> world. And, uh, they control everything, uh, and that's uh, from John Lee's uh, thing. Uh, we got John, I got John, this from. A, yeah. How do you spell his last name? John Lee. L e a h. L e a h. A h. Okay. Um, and, and, well, tell and, us a little bit and, more it, about John Lee. So the Botlanders are, are the uh, ones that are, are basically in charge, and they're old Germans. And these are people, and there's lots of different other colonies, but in the Botland-controlled area near the Antarctica, uh, they've got uh, anti-grav craft, and uh, they allowed the, uh, the Nazi survivors, each SS man had... You know, a number of you blonde Ukrainian, uh, wives, and they started their whole civilization there. And they had been joined, there was another colonization of Germans who had worked their way from South America through tunnels, through all kinds of underground, uh, uh caverns until they finally got to Bodland and they were welcomed. And there was, there's also, uh, Vikings that have a separate, uh, area. There's you, the uh, inner earth is like a Swiss cheese. There's caverns all over and bioluminescent. They have an inner sun, which uh, uh, keeps everything right. They collect uh, the money every two years and uh, issue new bills. And they, they have a, a society that really works, uh, according to their ambassador, of course, saying how cool it is. Uh, and this is quite an extensive uh, uh, literature on this stuff. Well, what about and, you know, the... What about the Edgar Rice Burroughs version where they had dinosaurs and pterodactyls? Do they still have some of the uh, beings that are extinct up here? Uh, yeah. Uh, there's, there, there's, reptilians, there's reptilians. There's all kinds of beings in, in the Swiss cheese of the earth at different levels of, de- of depth. There's portals all over the place. There's one in Chaco Canyon in the United States. There's one under the, uh, in, in Iraq underneath Eridu. And there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's one in the Great Pyramid in, in Giza and the Valley of the Thrones in uh, Bosnia and Romania is just totally rife with these, uh, pyramidal structures. They're all over the place and they form a grid. Alrighty. Uh, uh, must, his internet must be down because I, I, I've called him three, three times now and I've texted him a couple of times and he hadn't answered me either way. Uh, okay, do you have his phone? I'm trying to get his phone. So I like to have everybody's phone because sometimes the internet is wonky. 
Uh, while I'm looking for that, Matt, what do you know about the inner earth and, um, and all the societies there? You've had a number of people on your show talking about the inner earth, right? Matt? Oh yeah, I'm fascinated with it. It's one of those subjects I'm really interested in. Personally, I don't believe in a totally hollow earth. I believe the earth is like a sponge with a bunch of little caverns all over the place. Or like a loaf of bread. Like a loaf of bread. Yeah, the, the die, um, the diagram showed as being, actually I should pull those up, um, I have them on my site. They showed as, uh, you know, having a, a, an inner sun, that's their light source. Because apparently they have a, a sun like we do, and light, and they can grow food and all kinds of stuff. Um, what would you like to talk about, honey? You and Mad talk while I try to find his phone number, okay? I'm going to look for Yeah, it just, it just keeps telling me unavailable when I try and escape him. And you don't have his phone, huh? Uh, okay. I, I mean, I, so, I don't even know. I'll check. Yeah. So, Sasha, what would you like so to what, talk about? Well, what so what happened to about how the uh, – from the historical accounts of uh, – about the 1545, the, uh, 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 the Prussian uh, uh, gave uh, 200 colonists, guys, armed colonists, and uh, their wives and families uh, a chance to become uh, settlers uh, on the, uh, the king. Uh, he, he was hired by the Portuguese. The Portuguese king hired these people from Saxony, okay? So they came over and they were going to take the Portuguese side of the river, uh, of the Amazon. On the other side are the Spanish. And the Pope had said that river is the division between Portugal and, uh, with this Brazil side, where these Germans were. So they get there where they have like three ships or six ships or something. And the Indians attack them and they burn their ships. And these guys retreat because they, they have weapons and the Indians can't get too close. And they take all their farm stuff and their carts and everything and they retreat and they see this great big cavern. They take shelter there. The guys with the blunderbusses cover their retreat. The Indians are scared to go after them in the cave. So they go deeper and deeper in the cave and they find this bioluminescence. And they find a great big cavern with water that they can drink and they can see things. And they, they have a village there and they see there's all these little tunnels going everywhere. And so they start some other villages. In about a hundred years, there's another one. They find big, beautiful places. Anyway, they have all these towns on the way. After a while, they find these people, and they're speaking old German. And these guys are modern, you know, modern uh, middle aged middle you know, fifteen hundred nine forty five Germans, descendants of them, and they're all speaking German, and they're having so much fun. And the uh, the, the Bodlanders, that's the guy who are in charge uh, uh, welcome them and give them a place and that you can stay here as long as you're peaceful but don't forget there's peace here and the king of Bodlin enforces it and we mean it and so hey, what happened to bread anyway I don't know <laughs> we've lost I'm, I'm calling his number uh, now and he ain't answered it so far I don't think that's his real number um, were you a part of the show before because uh, well, they were having problems too. What's that? They were having problems in the in the other show too. Oh, was he trying to Skype in there? 
No, he wasn't having problems. The whole system of blog talk was having problems. Oh, the blog talk yeah. system. Okay. Shit. Well, yeah, so the reason I don't have his correct phone. But go ahead, keep talking. I'm looking. Well, they say that you know a lot of the people that are there were the Arcturians, the the the, the Atlanteans, when they when their uh, continent uh, sunk. Uh, a lot of them took shelter when, in, in different times in the history of, of of the world. People took shelter underneath the earth when the earth is being bombarded with stuff in Noah's flood. Uh, the uh, the Greys took the uh, the Zuni uh, and and the uh, Hopi. Uh, underneath the ground until it was safe and they put them up in the uh, area of Sedona and then brought them down to the four corners as uh, you know as the centuries passed and the place had dried out and so you know so all over the world it's, there's all these things and it's just uh, uh, the Nazis uh, took shelter there the Brits saw them going in and out taking their uh, submarines in and out from uh, the tip of Argentina uh, Tierra del Fuego and the tip of uh, Africa, Point Arguelles. They, they they had the German sub bases and they were going in and out and in and out. They brought the whole Nazi elite and all the, you know all the SS troops and everything there. And they they settled there. They had their own village. And the Brits tried to get them out. They saw them going in and out of the tunnel and they failed. All the, the raiding party was killed. Then they sent, the United States sent Admiral Byrd in 1947 uh, with uh, the a, a, a seaplane tender, the P- Pine Island, uh, the name of the ship, uh, and Marines, uh, you know, a whole f- uh, flotilla uh, pretending it was scientific, but it was really still fighting the war. They knew that the uh, German submarine uh, command and the high German command were there. Hitler was in Argentina. Bormann gave him a castle. He lived his life out there. But in any case, uh, when when, Amer- when uh, uh, Byrd got there, out come these uh, anti-grav craft, and it was probably not the Bodlanders, it was probably the Nazis, because they'd already developed it, and they sunk the Pine Island. They killed 60 submarines. They shot down three of the seaplanes. They they made uh, Bird run back. Bird uh, started giving speeches saying we should nuke them. The Joint Chief said, shut up. Forrestal said, no, listen, he's not crazy. They pushed Forrestal out of a uh, window. Oh, it sounded like Brett's back. I heard him go whoop. Brett, you there? No, that must have been Thomas. Thomas I'm, I'm trying to get him back. You just said he was back. I'm back. Oh. I'm here. Just hey, So I don't know what's happening. I'm sorry. Type your, my end. type your phone number into the like, – or, or um, text your phone number to me on, on my phone. Um, well, I got to – to use my home line, I have to switch computers and plug the internet into that, but I can't do Skype on that computer. So it's really well, one or the other. We can just call you. We can just call you on the phone if we had your phone number. Okay. I, have your, I, have one, I have one that ends in 1044. Is that your phone? No. Okay. You, I have old numbers from you. So um, do you want to just... Email me your correct phone number so you're not putting it out on the air. I'll give that to Madden. If we drop again, we'll just call you on your phone. But you can just use your phone. You don't need to use you, Skype. You can just yeah, use your phone. You can just okay. drop it in so Skype phone. chat here. No one else can see it but us. 
Okay, okay, you can drop it in the Skype chat. I was going to send it by email because I have encrypted email, but I have to switch computers to do that. Okay. So if we have, if it drops again, I'll hook up the other computer and do that. But let's just do this one more time until it drops. If it drops again, I'll do that. Excellent. Okay. Okay. Sorry for the hassle. We're waiting. So we're not sure what's going on, but it's okay. We'll survive. Okay, great. Back to you. Where were you before we dropped you? Well, basically, Um, you're looking at the theme that that you're looking at the theme that 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 this all seems to be something, uh, uh, some uh, propaganda uh, sequence that was timed uh, to prepare us uh, for for something or other. It's it's fascinating. It's like a a long term. Yeah, you jog my memory. Thank you, Sasha. Um, I'm, I'm glad you were paying attention more than I was apparently, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> let's say for example, when I went to interview Diane Robbins up in Mount Shasta, she was channeling supposedly this information from Adama, who is supposedly the mayor of Telos, which is a city about a mile and a half beneath Mount Shasta. And it was supposedly founded by Lemurians who were escaping the collapsing of their continent. And so while it was flooding, they supposedly escaped to the high ground, which at that time, like today, Mount Shasta is still that high ground. Over time, supposedly, they were able to raise their vibration, work through, I'm guessing, some of the issues that our society is working through right now, and were able to raise their vibration, and they live supposedly on a different... uh, a little bit higher of a plane, like in a different channel, but a little higher up in, in vibrational and um, a fine frequency. So what this gentleman, I guess, by the name of Adama, who's supposedly like 30,000 years old, is telling Diane Robbins is that the surface humans are asleep. Uh, Adama, remember Adama. Um. I think he got booted again. Oh, my again. God. <laughs> no, we, oh, no, my we, God. He's, a, he's having the problems that I normally have. <laughs> <laughs> no, Adama became, uh, okay. became admiral of, of, the, of the fleet. Don't you remember that? And, yeah, and, uh, on Battlestar Galactica, Adama. <laughs> <laughs> he's a busy guy. <laughs> okay. Um, let me go see if he sent the email. He's got to switch over. <laughs> this is my it's really good to have your phone number and your Skype number people when you're on a show because um, I don't know what's going on I, I think Mercury's retrograde but there's got to be a lot of other yeah, yeah, this, actually this is this, this this is a comedy we we're, we're really very efficient and what we decided we'd do is we would uh, model what a bumbling uh, group of uh, of uh, people we were, uh, but we're not really. We're really competent. We're just doing you to show how bad it could be if we weren't so competent. Yeah, yeah, we're we're not <laughs> that good at stalling. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Anyway, um, so bear with us. I'm looking for. I, I'm not sure what email he's sending it to. So I'll have to look my go back and forth to my two emails. Uh, anyway, um, so how's the weather? <laughs> how's it, it, I was on the chat and uh, they were having problems on the show. I guess the last few days. Mad, is everything back up and running okay? 
Oh, uh, for Block Talk was, uh, it, it, it recorded the show, but it, it was only putting TJ's voice out on the feed. Oh, geez. Yeah. Well, we figured out what it was. It was, it had to do with her, uh, Skype. Oh, her Skype. So it's all yeah, Skype. She was trying to run it through her Skype for the first time. She had never done it before. Yeah. I, think I joined him just to yeah. help out there the last 30 or 40 minutes. Well, I'm glad you helped out. But now we've got to get this one going. Uh, I don't see any email yet, but uh, I'm not sure which email uh, he's going to send. I keep to. trying to call him. Uh, Okay, and then uh, is everything done on the the new server for Revolution Radio? Everything's up not everything's fine and, over there. Oh, good, 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 good. We were it, it was just blog talk having problems. They do once in a while. They do, they do. Okay, uh, I don't see a new number for Brett. Uh, waiting for the email. Okay, so Sasha. Can you do a song and dance first while we're waiting for the email from Brad? <laughs> <laughs> Sasha doesn't sing song, on tune, so you don't want a song from Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's look at this inner earth phenomenon from what I know. And I don't know as much as everybody else does. But I'll tell you, when I was a kid, I used to travel there astrally all the time. It was like... Uh, it was like I was trying to find something, and I would go out my crown chakra, and I'd I'd do this uh, oh three or four times a month, and I'd walk astrally. I'd walk down the hallway, down to through the living room, through the dining room, to the kitchen, to the door to the basement. I'd go through the door to the basement, all the way down. And then there was a, a gateway to the inner earth. And I'd go down. The first thing I'd say, I'd go down this long, like, um, it was carved out of the rocks. It was all natural formation. And I'd go down these steps that were carved into the rocks. And I'd go down into this big open cavern. And I'd walk through the middle of these giant vats. Like, they were the size of... Uh, a, a, you know, a truck, a, a huge truck, the, the double-decker trucks, right? And they were on their sides, and they had these handles that no no human hands could ever manage. So it was the giants. And so, and then the cobblestones were giant-sized cobblestones. They weren't the size of our bricks. So everything made for giants. And I heard this drip, 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 and there was this liquid. And I, most times I'd just walk through. And there was some kind of illumination. There were no uh, light pictures, but it was like a glow. the walls would glow. So it was, but it's darkened by the illumination. And then I keep walking. And then one time, I thought, "Is that what is that? Is that beer? Is that wine? Is that blood?" And so I, 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 I put my finger in it, <laughs> and. I, I thought I'm in my astral body, right? I'm, I'm not there. And I don't know how I knew about astral and physical bodies as a child. I was a child, but I put and I and I it, it was on my finger, and it certainly looked like blood. So, you know, fast forwarding to the stories that some of the um, experiencer ET contactees have with the 
uh, into the negative aspect of this contactee phenomenon. They're saying there's vats of blood and human. So it could have just been beer or wine and just got sticky. But to me, I don't know why I thought, oh, that's blood. But then I would keep walking and, you know, moving around that. And I'd go further until I found this room. And the room was brightly lit. Like it had hey, the lights, but there was no sign of the lights. Were, hey, back! I'm stalling. <laughs> I just sent you an email. On Janet Lesson or Aquarian Radio? On um, whichever one we've been conversing on. I think it's Aquarian, Aquarian okay. Radio. Okay, I'm refreshing it to see if it's there. All right, so there it is. All right, got it. Just call me on that. that in the chat that for that. If, well, we'll keep going until we get dropped again. Okay, so um, we were talking about Adama when last we chatted. He said that this says run, oh, run by Adama. Okay, just a second here. I am... There we go. Okay. Why, did you want to see me? No, we don't want to see you. We just want you to chat. Exactly. About <laughs> where we left off. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Nice to see you, but we don't need to see you. Yes. All right. No, that's, that's fine with me. Uh, so, in terms of Adama, Adama is supposedly telling uh, Diane Robbins that if the surface humans don't wake up, the planet can't ascend. Because supposedly we all need to do it together. And, and, um, so they're, they're engaged in trying to wake up humanity. That's the information that came from Diane Robbins. And, and why it's taking so long, I'm not sure, because they've been doing this for thousands of years. Um, but I guess we're pretty thick skulled up here on the surface. So what does waking, what does it look like to be awoke, to be awake? What does that look like? What do they mean by that? Well, I, I, I get, you know, I'm not so sure I'm exactly awake. I think I'm awake on some levels, but spiritually, supposedly human beings can manifest a Merkabah light body, and I don't think I'm definitely that experienced, right, or knowledgeable. So I'm, uh -huh. I'm, not, I'm not, I don't think I'm ready for ascension yet myself. I think I still have issues to, to work on and do. But they talk about raising your vibration, uh, living your life in a vibration of joy and happiness and um, <clears throat> kind of like with the law of attraction, the, the more positive and peaceful and loving thoughts you hold in your mind and heart, the more that that will manifest. And so that that's how we can, according to them, raise our vibration to the point at least where they would be willing to come to the surface because apparently our thoughts are – just let's say mass societal thoughts are so damaging to them because they're so sensitive. Apparently, that's the story I got. So, oh, I like your program. Sign, sign, sign me up. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you hear this echoed from other cultures around the world or other traditions, maybe to raise your vibration, right? Be happy. Be a good person. Um, uh, do unto others, right? So. I mean, I think right. I do that on some level, well, but I, who among us really knows what this ascension thing looks like? So all we well, can me, really do is just be the best. Let me give you a little feedback on what you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, 
Yeah, we don't know what it looks like. I want to give you a little feedback on what you just said there. You said that um, it, the, our vibration feels so awful, right? Because on some level, we're all, we're all telepathic, and we can, we can all sense what other people. So we can tell when someone's hostile towards us sometimes. You know, you walk through. So I, I, I get taken to these planets all the time, even at my old age. I, I get taken because they're educating me on some level. And uh, last week, a couple days ago, I was on a planet, and the vibration, it must have been an ascendant planet, because you're totally relaxed. And in our society, we don't even notice that we're so immune to it, we're so desensitized, but we're actually kind of like on alert all the time. We're in a crowd, and we're walking, and we're getting these um, negative thoughts or positive thoughts. We're just getting all this vibration coming towards us all the time. You know, if you're driving your car, you might be getting the vibe from the, the neighbor that's cursed, the, you know, the guy in the car down the road that's cursing the, the other car that pulled out in front of them. So you're feeling all this because we're all sensitive on some level. We're feeling it. So I was on a, a clean planet that didn't have that anymore. Everybody was ascended, and all they thought was nice thoughts. And I was walking around, and when I ask questions uh, when I'm on these other planets, I go, What's going on here? Why does this feel like this? And they explained to me just what you said. That say that again. You said they don't like coming up here because you said it so eloquently. Say that again. Say that. Our word. vibrations that. are too coarse for them. Too coarse. Yes. Too coarse. Too hard. I, too I, too texturous. Too too heavy. Too heavy. Right. It's dense. It's dense up here. It's dense. So the other day I got to experience that, and it's like, it's amazing if we just all lighten up and get over. And, so how do we do that? Is there any instruction? I mean, I received some information, but maybe you have too in your studies. Um, how do we get out of this negative vibe? I, I think um, it's one of those general consensus things that, you know, the, the metaphor is to raise your vibration and um, – you know, according to Pawnee Seedsman Scott Walking Buffalo, who was in my first book, uh, he said that you bring the family together around the hearth and you create joy. And that's how you live in a high vibration. So, pretty simple, huh? Yeah. Yeah, pretty simple. I think it's easier what said than done uh, for everybody, for, for a lot of people. Do you have any, Sasha, do you have any techniques for joy? Uh, well, I have a, a different way of uh, looking at, at things. Uh, that uh, the the uh, challenges uh, are just part of the, part of the uh, um, the play that we have to uh, react to. And so, uh, rather than um, it, you know, s within, so without, and so above, and so below. And so, what I look to uh, is: Do I have parts of myself that need to be? coordinated and uh, and, and uh, to be able to synergize rather than to uh, and, and be caught at a level so whenever anyway so I have this whole way of thinking it's perfect now I know that doesn't sound good to a lot of people I think things are just as they uh, should be for this point in our evolution where we're getting to see what challenges we need to uh, transcend in order to uh, uh, it's the best of times and it's the worst of times and this is the time we've got and so uh, it's all perfect that's what I think alright 
So uh, back to you, Brett. What what else is in your book? What what do you what else do you cover? Or are we complete with the inner earth part? Or is there more to tell? He just he just fell off. Okay, if you try calling his number, <laughs> we got his number. I put that in the uh, the box there. <laughs> so while we're trying to get him back, uh, I got a download. I get downloads all the time, and people don't know what that is. But when you get a download, you just know this is something way beyond third dimensional physicality. It's like it's Magic Jack customer so, you have called is unavailable oh, to take no. your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey, Brett, we're trying to reach you. Oh, my goodness. I, I done okay. hung up. <laughs> I'll try it again. Done hung up. <laughs> Alrighty. Fun, fun. Anyway, um, so in my download, uh, one of the instructions I got. Hello, this is Brett. To just. Hi, Brett. Are you there? Hello, this is Brett. You can you hear me? Yeah, oh, Brett, I can hear you, but barely. Uh, just oh. barely. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll, we'll just let you talk. Go ahead. Continue <laughs> what's in your book. That's a dangerous thing, Janet. Yes, I okay. know. We'll interrupt you. you got I can hear you. It's just you're faint. Okay, but go ahead. Okay. Continue where you um, left off, if you remember. I think, um, Sasha, do you, do you, Sasha, do you remember where I was? Um, no, so much has transpired <laughs> since last we talked. <laughs> uh, but, you know, what, anyway, we, what we're looking anything. at is, you know, what we're really looking at is the, uh, the themes that, uh, can, uh, you know, you, 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 if you can do it within yourself and uh, and be uh, feel loving oneness and compassion and a, uh, a share a, a a field of consciousness with the people that you interact with, it's contagious and it changes the whole uh, structure. And if a certain percentage of this this perturbation occurs in the system. You're no longer trapped in the system, but you've transcended it. But transcending it doesn't mean that you give it up. Uh, you know, competition, for example, gives you great sport. Everybody loves sport. You know, and, and so you don't have to get away from competition. You just need to have embrace both both uh, cooperation and competition. And it's like that with everything. The problem that most people do is they're caught in a demonization of whatever they think they ain't, but whatever you think you ain't, that's what you are too. And once you dig it, then you transcend it. Dig it? So what was your, uh, in the first book, Brett, you said somebody was telling you their system for joy. Are you still there? Or did we lose them again? Okay. It's showing him here. It's showing him here. 
Okay, so and so 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 you know so you're really you're really groovy when you when your joy is showing, but your sorrow is just as real, and so you you be able to embrace both. If you got to be joyous all the time, uh, you're just pushing down your own uh, 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 sadness. If you're sad all the time, you're pushing down your joy. You get to do both, and you can alternate. Yeah, that's hey guys about being human. You're here again. Good. Did you drop off completely, or could you hear us? Yeah. Um. It just. I think it problems are on my end because my computer keeps telling me it can't reach the internet. So I apologize for that. I'm not sure what's going on. All right. And you don't have a regular cell phone, or I do, or but it's one of the. It's a flip phone, and you can, it really sucks to talk on. So. What um, my roommate wasn't downstairs, so I'm gonna have to wait till he gets back. He's got a landline, and uh, hopefully I'll see him here in the next five or ten minutes, and maybe he'll let me use his landline. So okay, we can do that we, after the break. We got about four okay, minutes. Okay, so we have about <laughs> yes that. So uh, go ahead and tell us um, what you want us to know about your story and about joy. That's, we were at joy. We're talking about joy. That's okay. Yeah, so um, it sounds really simple, right? But um, I think when I was a young boy, uh, joy was something I took for granted. And then um, somewhere along the line, uh, you know, into becoming an adult, you get jaded on, on different levels, relationships end or, or jobs end or whatever. As you get older, you can't pay the bills or or something, right? Hardship takes in, and, and I think um, to varying degrees, people – um, get a little bit away from, from the joy thing, right? Some people seem to be able to withstand it and enjoy their whole life. And, and I'm, unfortunately, I'm not one of those people. I'm learning how to be joyful again, and at least to a degree where I notice some kind of a, a vibrational change where, where um, I'm supposedly doing what the inner earth people and many ascended masters and native traditions and many, many cultures talk about you know, ascension, right? <laughs> and um, right. it largely has to do with, you know, purifying yourself as a way to raise your vibration and doing good deeds. And and so that's all I'm really trying to do. So whatever level I might be at, the the answer is really still the same, and that's try to, to absolve and resolve old issues from the past. Um, in the um, Victor Sanchez, um, uh, I forget which Mexican native tradition that was, the Victor Sanchez book was really good, but they talked about recapitulation, where you go back and recapture your power that's been caught, tied up in these past issues, so that you can have all your power now to move forward. And um, <clears throat> I'm sure I have plenty of that to do. Um, people around the world, I'm sure, have to do that to varying degrees. And uh, that's really the work we've come here to do, from what I, all I've learned, and and you know, maybe there's more to learn, so I'll stay open, stay open to that. But from everything I've learned and from the, the traditions I've studied, they all basically say the same thing, and that's um, to raise your vibration is to be joyful and happy and childlike, really, because cause that's where I think, um, you know, from my experience, I took, I was surrounded by joy and love, and that and that's how I got programmed as a young boy. With, with with that kind of a program. What a great program to instill, right? And then um right. you know, as you get older you get things things go wrong and and uh you get jaded over time. So so for me at least it's a it's a and hopefully I'm not the only one, 
But for me, uh, it's about recapturing that old energy and trying to, let's say, stay in a state of gratitude, right? And so, uh, you know, we've talked off the air about certain things, and this is a real test for me these last few years to stay or to try to stay more in a, in a state of gratitude considering what's going on in my external world. <laughs> but that's the test okay, of us humans. Right okay, sure. Okay, Come back to the state of gratitude, which is a test for humans. I'll make a note of that, and we'll see you in about five minutes after our commercial break. Okay. Listen to Revolution Radio at Freedom Slips.com. Right back after this message. Officer for the week. Yes. But all the decisions of that officer have to be ratified at a special bi-weekly meeting. Yes, I see. By a civil majority in the case of purely internal affairs. Be quiet. But by a two-thirds majority in the case of more. Be quiet. I order you to be quiet. Look, you stupid bastard. You've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look. It's just a flesh wound. I don't believe I've seen such a display of courage, skill, nerve, grace, and stupidity. I'll do you for that. What? Come here. What are you going to do, bleed on me? I'm invincible! You're a loony. The Black Knight always triumphs! Roundtable Live, Monday through Friday, 1 a.m. till 4 a.m. Eastern Time. Bring your mind, bring your ideas, bring your voice. King Arthur had nothing on us. Here at Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. Give me no fries, I got an empty box. Would you like another? Extra big ass fries. I said I didn't get any. Thank you. Your account has been charged. Your balance is zero. Please what? come back when you can afford oh, to make no, a purchase. No. I'm sorry you're having come trouble. Come on. My kids are starving. Tune in to Revolution Radio. Here at Revolution Radio, we believe in freedom of ideas, freedom of speech, but above all, we believe in freedom of existence through self-reliance. This station is 100% listener-supported, and as a fundraising promotion, I have a kick-ass free gift for a $100 donation. 35,000 seeds. 25 years in the freezer. Long-term storable, 54 different varieties. So, if food prices go crazy... It's the fan or if you just want to save tons of money every year by creating your own food like I do, grab our seed pack special. Just look for the banner on the homepage at freedomslips.com. 
Don't be a statistic. Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. We need to ask humans to start taking care of ourselves and not depending on the megacorps to provide unhealthy, nasty food. Included in this package is also a DVD with 900 survival and off-grid living documents and the offline home canning how to do everything website all on the DVD. So when you're growing all that food, you know how to can it, store it, preserve it, etc. with all these documents. So thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. I hope that you will pick up this package and start learning to be free. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, where information never sleeps and freedom is the one seed that needs to be planted. tuning in to Revolution Radio. Here at Revolution Radio, we are listener sponsored and commercial free, but there still are bills to pay. In order to raise some needed funds to cover the cost, our station is offering a silver special. In the continental United States for a $60 donation, or in Alaska, Hawaii, or Canada for a $70 donation, we will send you an uncirculated 2018 one-ounce pure silver eagle. The $70 donation, uh, the extra 10 is to cover shipping, by the way, outside of the continental United States. When making the donation, you must put Silver Eagle promo in the notes on the donation. And thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio at revolution.radio and freedomslips.com. Without you, there is no less. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. It happens more often than we can imagine. In my case, I was sitting at home, and out of nowhere, I just started feeling uncomfortable. Then it got worse, and I started perspiring. I tried to ignore it, but I waited too long. The chest pain came as we were driving to the hospital emergency. I felt my life clock begin to tick. I barely survived. There was lots of damage done to my heart. What do I do now? I was lucky. I took a leap of faith and tried a seven-herb formula with hawthorne, garlic, cayenne, and more called Extendivite. Herbs have been used for thousands of years to keep us healthy. If you're not using Extendivite as a preventative supplement, maybe it's time to start. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. You are live. Okay, aloha, welcome back to the Sacred Matrix. I'm Janet Carol Lesson with my co-host, Dr. Sasha Ali Lesson, and producer is Thomas Becker. 
Our guest is Brett Luter. We're having a lot of technical difficulties. We're going to get him back here in a moment. But before we get back to our show on Revolution Radio, I'd like to remind everybody to go over to that donation button and make your donation this week because we really, really need your donations. We always do. And that helps us stay on the air. Mad Pedro, how are we doing with our fundraising efforts? Well, we need we need twenty five fifty, and we got eight hundred twenty five. That's seventeen twenty five to go, and we really need some money in the next couple of days because a major trunk bill is due for hosting. So please donate. Okay. Yeah, please donate. Please, please, please. <laughs> okay. And um, we don't have Brett back yet, but you're trying to reach him, right? Um, and we didn't get his landline phone, <laughs> uh, so I don't know what's going on there. But anyway, Hello? Sasha, we're going to pass He's this back. There's Brent. Okay. I'm going to um, give you another pass. number. Okay. I'm going to give you the, the landline of my roommate. Let me see here. You ready? Okay. Yes. It's 530. Okay, 530. Uh-huh. That's all right. 3843 well, the first of all, anyone that heard that telephone number of the uh, roommate, for, you will forget it now. <laughs> you will not remember it. <laughs> it will be <laughs> <laughs> we're not. Gonna, we're we're going to erase that. We just erased it. Um, okay. So next subject. Um, go ahead. What did you do? You wanted to say something. Okay. Well, but what I had thought, if we if we were to go through the same uh, a hassle of losing our speaker, that I would like to wrap about the drawing, the fateful drawing that set everything for humanity in terms of our makers. And it's a story that originated back on the home planet of Nibiru, where our makers came from. And there was this king, He had a, uh, his name was King Alalu, and he had a cupbearer who led a revolution and they fought in the streets and Alalu uh, jumped in a rocket ship and flew to Earth and on Earth he landed in, in Iraq, of all places, uh, at Basra, and uh, he's found gold there, and he, he, he aims his missiles back at Nibiru and said, restore my kingdom, uh, or I'll blow you to bits, and also I have gold here that you guys need uh, to save the planet, so you better take, you better uh, give me back my crown. Well, back on Nibiru, the Hello, king that, right. who had... Oh, here, and to be continued. Back. See, I knew you wouldn't be able to do your whole story, <laughs> but go ahead, you're back. So, um, Can you hear me okay? Take it away. We can hear you. Take it away. Okay, start anywhere. These, are, these little breakup uh, bugs. Okay, we were talking about the state of gratitude, which is a test for humans. The state of gratitude, which is a test for humans, is what we okay. were on before we went to break. Okay. Yeah, well, I think that's why we're here. Where if you if you adhere to the view that we chose to come here at this time, 
that's a big that was a big hurdle for for uh, the different reasons to come down here i think there's a list of reasons each person has their own spiritual contract which is why we're bound in the flesh that binding has a list of terms and um maybe a bunch of us come here to ascend maybe we came here to do other things uh, before ascension to prepare for ascension in the next life or something like that that's kind of how i look at things and so um so um you know uh I don't really know exactly what it looks like, and I think that's what um, I think has a lot of people confused. Um, I think all we can really do is try to work on ourselves, and and wherever the chips fall is where they fall. <laughs> you know, if we're if it's not this lifetime, it's going to be the next one. So you know, there's nothing really to stress out about. Just be yourself, try to do good, and um, and be happy and joyful, and um, and stay out of the way of the police and stuff like that. And, False flag events and that kind of thing in wars, I and mean, you'll probably do pretty good. Run away! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard to avoid that nowadays. But I mean, yes, it's a do, harsh environment. Do run the other way for two gunshots. We're we're, we're living having in a, a harsh environment, you know, and it's it's harsh on many levels, and um, that makes a human's greatest challenge, in my view, is to overcome their emotions and um, to be healthy and balanced. I think that's a uh, challenging for all of us on varying levels um, but i would say that's that's what all of us have in common who knows maybe there's incarnated people that are on the, the super level and they become the tibetan lamas or something like that right or some high priest somewhere but i think most of us mm-hmm. are all trying to to just do the best we can and whatever step it is we're on our, on our path and um, that's all you can really do and in, in between then just have, try to have fun and uh and create celebratory vibes that's celebration is a high vibration like joy and happiness. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, you know, big festivals like Reggae on the River, for example. Um, the legendary Reggae on the River, I think it's in the like, 35th year, uh, something like that. And, uh, and the, native, the local natives come together with the Rastas, and they, they are sh- literally showing the people how to do it. You, you, what, you find the commonalities between yourselves, and you build a relationship based on that. And um, in, in the name of peace and then uh, sharing and abundance. And uh, I think if our world is going to interact with other worlds, we have to learn how to do that here on Earth first. And uh, for me, that would be one of the tests that we'd have to pass before we could ascend. We'd have to demonstrate to the universe that we can work together and be peaceful. And, and so far, as, as a collective group of humans, um, you know, we haven't been able to show that so far. Right. So this book that you wrote on the inner earth or your writing, so this was the yes. presentation you did. Yes. So where else does it take us? So you have this uh, concept of transcending, becoming conscious, and we're evolving, and then the inner earthers are going to be able to walk among us. Are they, are they saying there are no extraterrestrials, it's all interterrestrials, or... Do we have both? Well, there is that theory. Um, some say that the whole universe is inside the Earth and not outside the Earth. Um, and so, you know, I think, are you still there? Yeah, we're listening. Yeah. Okay, we're listening. great. I just heard a beep on my phone. Um, anyway, so uh, I think it's the Hopi that say, or maybe it's the Maya that say that the world is, the world is an illusion and that, that uh, when we're asleep, that's the reality. When we're awake, that's the dream. So I don't. I think what we are is, and we're in a really bizarre situation here on Earth. 
um, with uh, the different possibilities and the, and the varying uh, differences of perception from one person to another, um, the different definition of words and the usage of symbols, um, we're, we're in a really tricky spot. And so when I look at it from that more of a Fortean type of a viewpoint and the absurdity of where we find ourselves, um, um, I, you know, this is, it could be just a big joke. We might be put here to be just distracted, and that's what we're supposed to do. Like some say, this is Earth's a prison. And maybe that's what this is. And, and even though we think we're free, like here in America, and, and we can, I can go outside and go put my feet in the grass or whatever, um, that's still not really freedom. Um, mm-hmm. I know that's what Jordan Maxwell would say, right? So, so right. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure where all this is going, but I can, I tell you one thing for sure is that our, the human, uh, society is being, um, uh, uh, just attacked by public relations campaigns of varying kinds that all interwork together. And, um, the inner earth one is, uh, is one of them. I use the chart, the public relations chart. I compare it to the history of ufology as well, as well. Fits perfect. Um, in the book, I'm going to show, um, how it also relates to Bigfoot and, um, and, oh, I'm, I'm forgetting the last subject, but, but um, all these things, like Bigfoot, for example, there's the theory that there are no chance sightings and that, that all these sightings are carefully orchestrated within a, a larger public relations campaign so that in the future the Bigfoot can actually interact with humans and not feel like they're going to be shot every time you know, they encounter one. Right. And, and so, again, you have the, the, the Bigfoot or the, or the uh, uh, ancient ones, or supposedly the conical ones with uh, really high psychic abilities, they, they supposedly, you know, like the Ascended Masters, are saying that humans have violent thoughts. And so when, when they have a camper or a hunter come out in the woods that has a gun, any kind of a negative thought is immediately picked up by locals in the area, and they just avoid them, right? So, so they're working on their version of it. And this could all be orchestrated together. I haven't been able to show that yet. But if, if we're creating our external reality collectively um, with our consciousnesses, then, then this is us doing it to ourselves. Does that make sense? So we're right, it's like us right. trying to wake ourselves up with this huge public relations campaign that's now orchestrated between inner earth people and UFOs and Bigfoot and reptilians and, and maybe angels, right? Or there's a bunch of categories that there could be. So, Right. To the, you know. So we now have the Internet. Before, we were pretty isolated and... You know, we just uh, we didn't communicate at this level that we do. So information is everywhere. So you can develop a an idea, a concept, a meme, and, and it goes out and it goes viral. And before you know it, you're changing reality by these concepts. So these people could be communicating us with us through these um, through our, our internet, through our phones, through our media, by you know somebody remotely living in the I don't know, they hit the foothills of Alaska and they see a Bigfoot and they've, now they've captured it on film, right? And now they're spreading it out as a YouTube. And it's right. accelerating. Because now, if you just go Bigfoot encounters on YouTube, you'll see all kinds of stories. That's right. That's right. And, and they'll, then, they'll say, um, I was camping, hiking. The one lady, uh, her canoe tripped over. They rescued her. They kept her safe from the wolves. And there's a whole series of them, but for, you know, 40, 50 years, all we had was that isolated picture of the of that movie back in the 60s of the Bigfoot walking, you know, in the forest. Oh, the Patterson and now we have, footage? 
Yes, you knew what it was. I knew you did yeah. that. <laughs> and now yeah. we have all these people posting every week. Yeah, I saw Bigfoot too. And something's so happening. You can see how, from a very basic level, this information is spreading around as if it's in it's a campaign of some kind. And so that's just another avenue into this idea that um, that there's multiple public relations campaigns being perpetrated against the human race or for the human race, depends how you want to look at it. And, um, and um, in the end, it's us leading ourselves down, the, down our own path. So I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, we start getting into some really interesting philosophical areas at this point. And, um, and it's really fun to speculate. Uh, so, you know, I don't know how yeah, far so you, you want to go down that. Yeah, so you could extend that into the, you could extend that into the whole secret space program and all the contactees and experiencers. That, have you applied that to the whole field? Well, yeah, because some of the themes that, that I describe in my article for Phenomena Magazine, which goes back to, let's see, I think it's March of 2013, was my big article for Phenomena. I actually gave a lecture on it uh, uh, several months before in 2012. Um, but I wrote this article in 2013. I think it's March of 2013 in Phenomena magazine. I sent you that link, actually, mm-hmm. in my email. And I yes. outlined nine different areas where um, the, the, that the different uh, inner Earth stories or hollow Earth stories uh, had in common with each other. And so... Really, when I saw it, I, I had a, why didn't I have a V8 moment, you know, where I kind of hit my forehead a little bit and go, I'm a public relations major from college, and it, I didn't see this right away. I should have seen this right mm-hmm. away. Um, it's so simple, right? And um, and so when you look at it from that standpoint, to me, that lends, like kind of in a back engineering way, that lends credence to the idea that there is a an inner earth society or consciousness because otherwise who else would be perpetrating this kind of a a controlled release of the same kind of a themes about the inner earth and their culture throughout hundreds if not thousands of years i mean who else would it be so i mean you that's that's, you're really in the land of speculation at that point so um right you know adding to my own personal story um unless you guys did one of you have a comment Oh, just to tell you something, that, that, that also feel Earth itself, not people in it or uh, 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 reptilians in it, but that Earth itself is a consciousness and they can actually uh, receive uh, and share messages when they uh, allow themselves to feel their their oneness to uh, confluentize uh, with the whole planet. And, and and there's the the, um, the idea that the Earth wants us to wake up to become more conscious, so we stop damaging her and her creatures and her beings. That because she loves everything and um, she loves us, but we're very destructive. So yeah, war is not good. The Earth could be assisting and helping us accelerate to wake up, because otherwise it comes to the point where everything's going to be destroyed. She might. Get rid of us, like getting rid of a bunch of bad fleas or something. So, and she's going to shake us off. That's right. She'll um, shake us right well, off. Well, the, the, well, the idea of of these terrible wars and, uh, was the ability to develop a machine, artificial intelligence that could 
uh, maximize life on the planet. So every life is worth living. Every uh, light gets to shine. You know, I, that's that's where it leads you to. That can be done by the computational skills that we've developed uh, uh, with the awful stimulus of war and violence. Right. Right. You know, Janet, you mentioned a few minutes ago about um, maybe beings contacting you through a device or something. Um, I forget what it was, why you were saying that, but it reminded me of a couple things. One, Diane Robbins channeled Adama through her computer. That was one of the oh. And also, one of my favorite Inner Earth stories is the Richard Sharp Shaver uh, story. And um, are you guys familiar with that story? No. Um, okay. Do, do tell us. Okay. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Okay. So not only does it revolve, I mean, it connects to a whole Inner Earth society and network, but the story takes place in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is my, that's where I grew up. And so mm-hmm. ha- making it close to home, kind of like with the smoky god about the father and son, the fact that the Sharp, uh, Richard Sharp Shaver mysteries and stories were from the Bay Area really brought it, struck a nerve, right? Well, so he got messages through his welder that there was a, like that work, welding, and then messages started coming through from somebody, I forget who it was, describing this inner earth um, domain and how it really boils down to two kinds of beings. There's the taros and the daros. And um, the taros left the surface, I don't know, I forget how long it said, like, like 10,000 years ago or something, when the sun changed and the, ra- the radiation from the sun became harmful. They went underground. Well, the daros, um, they stayed on top and became mutated and they came underground later. So it's this kind of battle between the taros and the daros and and then one of the things that uh, this story has in common with several others is it introduces a language called Mantong. And then they even have an alphabet, and they tell you how, how it's used so you can speak it. And so when you'd see a, a word that we would call a word and just read it as a word, in Mantong, you would, each letter would mean something, and it would spell a sentence. And so one of the, one of the examples that, that the book used, and I think I first read this in the the David Hatcher children's book, I Remember Lemuria. And then the Richard Sharp Shaver stuff was there. Since then, I've read a couple other books. But but um, the word that they used to describe it was Trocadero, which is a, which is a famous street in San Francisco. Um, and, oh. and Trocadero is T-R-O-D-E-R-O. So the way you would read that is T-R-O sees a D-R-O. So a T-R-O sees a D-R-O. So... Um, it's interesting how, you know, language just fascinates me on its own. But the way that the, the culture of this society came out in those stories, um, it's, it's, there's not as many uh, other stories that have their own language. I think Kingdom of Agartha brought forth a different language. Um, Vitinian or something like that. I might, I might be getting that wrong. But, um, but in the Sharp Shaver Mysteries, the, the Daros, who are more evil-minded because they were been corrupted by the sun more, they would shoot rays to the surface, like mind control rays, and they would cause car accidents, or they would cause women to become sex slaves, or, or they could control governments that way. And, um, and so when you look around the San Francisco Bay Area, there's at least five streets that have the word Darrow in it. And so I'm thinking to myself, wow, is this... Is this just a writer that's riffing off of different things that are already in the Bay Area, or 
are these things in the Bay Area examples of this inner earth culture and language. So um, this is one of the reasons why that's one of my most favorite stories, inner earth stories. Wow, and interesting. He, he communicated through the welders, so that's what brought the song, that, that subject up. Wow. So the welder, the the welding equipment was was speaking to him, or was it telepathic? It, it, or? Somehow, well, it's an electrical unit. So somehow a vibration mm-hmm. was created. Um, I, I forget. It's been years since I've read the story, but oh, I did yeah. republish. Mm-hmm. I did republish the story in in my two disc uh, DVD set called Inside Mount Shasta. I released it with a booklet mm-hmm. with the cover from the magazine article from Phenomena Magazine, and then I do the two sidebars that I sent them that they didn't publish. And one of those was the story of the Richard Sharp Shaver, that whole thing. And so what I've got what I've got cooked up right now. I'm really excited about this. Is I've, I've done some ley line maps using the um, Bruce Cathy and Rod Malpin um, GridWorks World Grid, World Grid uh, Computer Mapping Program, and um, I mm-hmm. did that in my first book, Song in Your Heart: Story of the Search for the Lost Note. And uh, some interesting results came, and, and I tried it in four different areas. Well, I'm I'm doing a ley line map in San Francisco and comparing them to where the Darrow line Darrow streets are. And let's just say some interesting information's already coming forth. I haven't even completed the map yet, and I can already see that that uh, that, it, that it's going to be pretty interesting. And what does the word Darrow mean? Darrow and tarot are short for interrogative and derogative, or interrogatory uh-huh. or derogatory, meaning right. one is integrative and one is disintegrative. One one is mm-hmm. living in the light, the Taros. They went underground earlier and weren't corrupted by the sun's rays. And the Daros who got corrupted are are um, they're more evil minded and controlling and, and um, selfish, that kind of thing. Wow. So this is fascinating. What what led you into this? Um, you just started noticing these things because of your training and then that like you're you're like a detective and you're going down this way and that way and have you reached a conclusion if they're trying to wake us up they want us to become conscious are yeah. they are they walking among us like that um billy says they're sending there their are legends. to the universities yeah i would imagine so because on mount shasta there are legends of lemurians supposedly dressed in kind of elegant garb and maybe robes and taller than normal people um, have walked into stores and paid with weird uh, gold coins and then walked around the corner. Then when people tried to follow them out, they like, just disappeared. Um, there's all kinds of stories like that on Mount Shasta. So I think um, if you're familiar with this Ascended Master tradition, St. Germain appeared in physical form to Guy Ray Ballard on the slopes of Mount Shasta. I think it was in 1925 or maybe sometime in the early 1920s. And... Um, mm-hmm. And, and supposedly it takes a great amount of energy to manifest in this realm because it's so dense compared to what they're used to. You know, they've, mm-hmm. they've lifted their soul or essence out of this density into a lighter, a lighter reality, a lighter uh, vibration um, where they're more comfortable now. And supposedly that's where we're headed. Um, mm-hmm. But um, there's all kinds of stories about Shasta of, of, of bizarreness or high strangeness. Um, is, a, is a famous term in, in the paranormal community, right? And, uh, right. From UFOs to Bigfoot to reptilians to to orbs to inner earth stuff to Native American legends. I mean, 
Now, Shasta's got it all, so I'm, I consider myself very blessed to be in close proximity. Um, and we're going to, to do that also in uh, over the 4th of July weekend is the Ascended Master Conference in Mount Shasta. And oh, David I was going to ask if there's any events up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's, uh, who's putting David that on? Lewis, the, uh, it's, it'll be the Ascended Master Conference is going to take place, I think, at a person's house. I forget where it is, oh, okay. <clears throat> but it's a really small town. So they have their, there's a heart Institute is there. So maybe it could be there. There's different areas around the mountain where they have stupas. And I've been to different events along different parts of the mountain where people do different meditations or worships or whatever. And then, um, um, also too is, um, yeah, so that's, so that's the 4th of July weekend. I think 4th of July is on the Thursday this year. So it would be like the 5th, 6th, and 7th that weekend. And um, I'm going to be going up there with an 87-year-old Ascended Master student. He's a, one of my best friends. Um, I interviewed him on oh, the yeah. show, The Matrix of Perception, which is also on freedomslips.com. I interviewed him a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Monique uh, let me uh, go solo the first hour. And, um, I mean, just this individual is so filled with joy. And he's, I mean, I can look at him. Like, at first I met him in the Law Study Group, okay? And we're, we've mm-hmm. grown to be very close. We went to our first deliverance ceremony together. He went down to Yuba City with me. We've experienced all kinds of things. He, he was my camera guy when I interviewed Diane Robbins in Mount Shasta for the first time. Um, so he and I are really close. Well, I can just look at him, and then he'll, look, and he'll just start laughing, and you just can't stop or, yourself from laughing with him. <laughs> He's, and he, you know, he claims that's the violet flame. He's transmuted his negative energy. And he's refilled all his cells with light. And so that's, that's Ascended Master kind of uh, uh, semantics right there. But, uh, right. Uh, you know, uh, so I'm going to be going with him. I'm very honored to go with him. And, um, and we're going to see David Lewis, who's the voice on earth for St. Germain. And, um, you know, I just I had a booth at the New Living Expo last April, a couple months ago. And David Lewis uh-huh. and the Ascended Masters of the Heart uh, Institute or Heart Organization in, in Mount Shasta City. They had a booth right across from me. So I got to talking to some of the people that were out there, and they're like, yeah, you know, for, for 25 bucks you can get this five-minute reading. And I'm like, five minutes? You know, what, what's going to happen in five minutes? Well, I wound up doing it this year, right? It's the second year they were across the aisle from me. And I'm telling you, mm-hmm. in five minutes, this guy pumped me up like I just plugged myself into a wall. Um, he was like my own <laughs> private cheerleader, just, just telling me everything I was doing was great, and they appreciated my service. And you know, I'm, I can imagine they say similar things to everybody, but it's the feeling I got afterwards was just incredible that something was going on there, right? So, so ascended master right. is one of those things that I've been studying and following up on, and uh, and trying to learn more about. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the Fourth of July weekend. So you know, fly over if you can, or or sure. project, astral project, or <laughs> I'll um, astrally project, <laughs> or swim if you. Sounds you know, great. I know, there's I know always, is pretty fit. There's always, yeah, he's pretty fit. There's always these wonderful events at uh, Shasta, and we, we've yet to get there. Um, have you been to the ones that Robert Potter put on? I went to went to back to back years there, and I got to meet uh, the lady from Venus, Omnek Onek, and did a really great uh-huh. interview with her. And, um, and, uh, let's see. Who What's else she like there? in person? Is uh, she, a, a does she have a different vibe than a, than a regular person? 
Well, I think, um, you know, that's a really great question because she's kind of a dichotomy. Here she was uh, out speaking. She doesn't speak very often anymore, but she knew Rob Potter, and, and I think she works pretty cheap or did a favor for Rob Potter because I'm, I'm pretty sure he wasn't paying uh, very much money, if any. But um, she feels like she's at the end of her journey, that she's completed her mission on Earth, and that when she dies, she's going to go back to Venus. And so... Having that said, she wasn't necessarily living what I would consider to be the highest vibration unless I misunderstand it because she was smoking in a drinking like a pistol. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> right? But maybe as long as it's right. celebratory and joyous, who cares, right? You could be doing heroin, I guess. And if your brain was big enough to still stay joyful, um, you know, supposedly they dosed um, Indian rishis and they didn't, nothing happened because their brain's already there. You know, it's like they're already right, on LSD. Right. Um, so I'm not sure, but she was really a kick to be around. She had great stories, and um, you know, and she'd had a stroke, so so her left side wasn't doing too well. But um, mm. you know, when I interviewed her, my first question to her was, "Do you feel love all the time?" And she was, you know, just hesitated for a second and said, "Yes, I feel love all the time." And so, I, you know, I guess if you're at that vibration and you could do those kind of things, smoke cigarettes or drink champagne or something, and still raise it and still keep the vibration up, then it, I guess it doesn't really matter then because you're just up there. Um, right. You know, supposedly when Jay-Z Knight would, would channel Ramtha through her, he would drink like nine bottles of wine and still be standing on stage talking coherently. But it was just this little <laughs> tiny body. You know, Jay-Z Knight's this little tiny little girl. Tiny little mm-hmm. lady. Um, what happened know. to her when 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 Rantha left? When Ralph left? I wonder what happened to her. Well, she that's I, I didn't really. Yeah, I didn't really follow Jay Z Knight. I remember I went to the first uh-huh. um, James Gilland Expo in in August of '86, and she was supposed to speak there, but she didn't show up. Oh, so, wow. so I haven't really followed Ramtha too much, and I'm to tell you the truth, I'm not like really big on the channeling thing. Because as a mm-hmm. as somebody who tries to stay more practical and earthly, it's really hard to corroborate that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you have right. to really take it on faith, and and you know, quite frankly, I have some trust issues. Where, and so you know, so for me to go interview Diane Robbins, uh, UFO Magazine asked me to do that, and um, I said sure because I totally wanted to go to Mount Shasta, but at the same time, when I went up there, I was much more skeptical about channeling. And uh, but I was forced to have to go in with an open mind, and um, I wound up coming across a book by John Climo called Channeling, and in it I believe was a quote. I think this is where the quote is from from Charles Tart, a professor from Stanford, that said that it doesn't matter necessarily where the source of the information is. Can you use it? Is it practical? And so once I started to look mm-hmm. at it from that standpoint, I started to be a little more open to it. And um, I do think that channeling is real. Um, and and um, I've talked to uh, several different hypnotherapists, and I ask them the same question: How do you know who it is you're talking to? And all they can do is tell me that you know it when you experience it, like it's a feeling. And um, the thing right. I have trouble with, the, the thing I have trouble, and I don't doubt that. I'm sure they're telling me the truth by their experience. My trouble with it is is that I know that we have technology that could mimic those kinds of experiences. So. You know, as we, a, we never somebody, know anything. 
<laughs> it's hard well, to tell any of this stuff. What's, what's philosophically real, what's speaking, being... I totally agree with you. Yeah. This is like the most unverifiable field of study that you can have on Earth is is the is ufology and all the different aspects of it. Well, it's even um, life. We, we can't even we can't even prove anything in our life is real. We could be in a massive <clears throat> virtual reality program and and we're all mind controlled and thoughts put in us all the time. So we don't know. I mean, we have programming coming all the time. We have computer programs and internet programs and television programs and radio programs and oh, and we're just uh, waves and particles are beaming through us all the time. So how do we know what's real and what's? I'm looking at Mars pictures right now for some reason. I don't know why I got into that, but it, yeah, uh, that um, what was that show with Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, where he went to Mars and it was just a oh, total virtual recall. reality. So. Total Recall, yeah. Um, Sasha, chime in. We're, no, I agree with that we're, totally, Janet. We're, we're, we're in an absurd yeah. situation. And I, yeah, I, I, uh, Gerda, go ahead. Well, Gerda said nothing in the human condition is alien to any of us. Nothing in the human condition is alien to any of us. And so uh, that's the way you can have a, a, a field a coherent field with anybody and anything in the universe to just let yourself become one with it or him or her. Uh, and, uh, and there's a consciousness that you share your, uh, the still points within you, uh, and everything else. That's the Akashic records of everything. Uh, connect and it's free of, uh, temporality or, or spatiality. Interesting. So, I, I've always been skeptical of channeling, but as a hypnotherapist and uh, I'm very psychic, I've had opportunities. And so um, there's one time I worked with a client and he was saying how his um, mother killed herself. It was a very sad story. His mother mother killed herself. And he was telling you know, how he was raised without his mother because he was very young and the circumstances. He didn't quite understand it. And, and I felt this tapping on my shoulder, and, and I said, um, and, I, and I just got a message like, I want to speak, I want to speak. So I said, honey, I think her mom wants to talk to the son. And so um, Sasha's worked with all, everything imaginable. He says, well, just allow her to speak through you without taking you over. Next thing I know, it's like the, this her person's talking through me, and she's telling me pieces of his, this person's story. So what happened was, her father had raped her, and when she gave birth to the little boy, she knew it was her father's, not her husband's, and so she killed wow. herself. She got in the car and she killed herself, and then she was found. And that's like, well, where, where's that coming from? So anyway, uh, so I've experienced it, and I've, I've experienced it a number of times. I don't like to do it. It's not my favorite thing. I don't wake up and say, okay, with the channel. But sometimes when things like that happen, I and it, and it feels like um, uh, I don't allow any dark beings. I always say no, no dark beings can come near me or come through me. I'm not going to allow that. But something like that was neutral. So and and so I really admire people that can do it. You know, they're very brave. Um, I don't believe everything 100. percent You know, they could be making it up. But like Sasha always says, where are they making it up from? Because if everything exists in the universe and can not be, you know, created but only changed in form, then they're getting it from somewhere. So then maybe it's the receiver, 
and people receive dark information, light information, and you know everything in between. I, I it's a field that's very interesting to study, and I've seen uh, a lot of people that uh, I knew a guy named Arthur Pacheco here in in uh, Oahu, and he channeled Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and then they they recorded him. He's now uh, he's dead, and uh, Arthur Conan Doyle is dead. One day I was just, you know, playing here at home and I happened to find Arthur's, or Arthur Pacheco's recording of him as Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and then I, and I compared the two voices. I found one of Arthur Conan and it's like, wow! I mean, he sounded, he sounded just like him. So the old channels in the 30s, 40s and 50s, there's a whole website, they channeled the original voice. So how did they hmm. do that? Yeah, anyway, just my reflection on that. Right. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, the different possibilities we have here on Earth, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if I'll stay open to having an experience like that, but I pretty much above the uh, of the idea of just keep myself to myself, don't let anything in that, that I don't want in, and try to be master of my own domain. And, uh, but other people are really open to having something else share their body. Um, yeah, I went camping with a, with a couple friends, and we took some mushrooms about 10 years ago. And um, mm-hmm. we had a great time all day playing in the water and building rock castles and inner tubing. And, and uh, I don't know if I really slept that night, but the next morning we all got up, and we were all still going a little bit. And my one friend looks over, and he goes, Hey, I want you to show you guys something. And uh, me and the third guy are like, Oh, really? What's, what's going on? And he goes, Here. I just want you to know that I'm not being hurt right now. And we're like, okay, all right, what's going on? And, and uh, he starts to kind of writhe around in his chair, and his face got really beet red. And um, I would swear that his, like, muzzle kind of came out more like a chameleon, like from the ridge of his forehead all the way down to his nose kind of just came out, and I couldn't see the eye on the other side. And basically what he was showing us was that he had a reptilian entity in him. He had a name for it. And uh, he was showing us that that was real. And, and yeah, I was still on mushrooms, but, you know, <laughs> even within that, you can still tell if you're seeing something. I mean, a hallucination will go away in just a second, right? Um, the hallucinations hey. don't stay there for a long time, at least not in my experience. So, um, and plus he said that's what he was going to do right before he let the thing come forth. And he said it was, he compared it to, uh, somebody in the same bed as you rolling around and then tugging the sheets over when they roll over. He said that's what it felt like. Wow. But it looked like he was very uncomfortable, and his head was very bright red. Like, you could tell the blood was pumping through his head. So, <clears throat> you know, I don't know. What is that? What does that mean for our world? Does that mean what we're just pawns in the game, yeah. you know, as Carr would say? Or are we? do we have some kind of semblance of free will? You know, I know... David Hume argues that we have no free will, and I can see where he's coming from. So I think to tell us we have free will kind of helps our spirits more. To realize we have free will, I think you have to be a little tough, or realize that we don't have free will might mean you have to kind of face some more issues. It's a little tougher emotionally, I think, for some people. But I don't know. Great yeah. question. <laughs> so we have about, I don't know, 15 minutes, a little bit less. Uh, where do you, what do you want our listeners to learn to know about you and your work? And what direction do you want to take us in the last 15 minutes? Well, 
Um, in my in my volume two of the Esoteric Guide to the Reggae Vibe book that's coming out in December, that's Tales of a Heavy Heart, UFOs, Magic, and Impending Doom. Um, now I'm going to do eight chapters on the feminine, and um, I think I've been getting my butt kicked by the feminine for the better part of my life, so I have a little bit to say about that. Um, I'm bringing in some some pretty big reggae feminine names, and because um, it's within the context of these roots reggae rosters, right from the first book, and how mm-hmm. they're leading this transformation, this consciousness transformation, um, as this is described by um, Paul H. Ray and Sherry Anderson in the book The Culture Creatives from I think it was from '95, and in that work they identified um, like 50 million people within America that were. Uh, statistically of these new, different, and forward-thinking ways, um, like thinking green or distrusting government, that kind of thing, you know, get doing away with, with money, that kind of thing, these advanced kind of thoughts, right? And, and uh-huh. but, Paul, but Paul A. Trey and Sherry Anderson said that there was no leader group within these cultural creatives, um, which is the term that they used to describe this group of like 50 million people. It's much bigger now. Um, the numbers have definitely grown. Um, but they said there was no distinctive leader, and so I come along in my book and I say, no, the leader are these roots reggae rastas, because they were living the ital lifestyle, is what they call it. Um, it's natural with the word I, because they're always talking about the I, which is God. So they turn natural uh-huh. to ital, um, and so that's how they live. They've lived vegan diets. They've lived um, um, purity, uh, pure, not no toxins from society, living out of the land. That kind of thing. These are some of the culture creatives' ideas, do, right? Well, they they were doing that first since the 1920s. To, do they have to dreadlock their hair? I had a rock no. living here at my property. It depends. And he dreadlocked there's, his hair, which was very interesting. But yeah, there's there's different factions. One of them's called the dreadlocks, right? And they have certain they have certain ideological uh, uh, viewpoints. Like in Christianity, there's there's Baptists or Methodists or or whatnot, right? So the same thing uh-huh. in the Rastas, the Rastafari. There's also a, a group called the Combsums that don't believe in red, dreadlocks. So that just to give you a kind of idea of the dichotomy in the, within the reggae, um, there is the um, youth black faith. There's the twelve houses, twelve tribes, or twelve houses of Israel. Um, there's a, and there's a couple other ones, right? And so they they all have different viewpoints, but essentially they all think that Haile Selassie um, or Rast. Tafari, with Ross was his first name, Tafari was his last name. There's other names like Makanin is in there. He has like a, a six-name, six full name. But um, they, uh, the movement that follows him as the second coming of Christ became the Ross Tafarians. And, um, and uh, so how did we just get on that subject? Because you started uh, talking about your book, and I, I, okay. I don't know much about the Ross. Oh, well, no, we're talking about the feminine. Are- and I- I remember now. Right. I got the off on a little tangent. Yeah, how you guys kicked the the feminine kicked your butt. I want to know. Oh that. yeah, how yeah. Did the feminine kicked your butt. The the feminine <laughs> the feminine's tough, man. There the you know in Africa they had women warriors that were supposedly tougher than men, right? There's legends of that. Uh-huh. So in certain levels, emotionally especially, women can be seen as tougher. So um, I think on an emotional level, um, I've I've had high hopes and been let down like other humans, right? And those experiences uh, seem to have uh, revolved more around the women than the men with mothers or, or other female relatives or, or girlfriends or friends that are girls. Um, and so, um, 
it's just one way to show a human being the other side of the coin, right? I'm sure stuff like that happens uh-huh. to girls too, where they're affected by men more in their life. And, um, and it's for, it's all, you know, in the greater spiritual picture, it's all for learning. And so that's what I'm going to attempt to show in the first eight chapters of the next book. The second set of eight chapters will be all about the law, because in the law, it's all about who are you and why are you here. It's a spiritual thing. And then in the, in the third uh, eight chapters, it's going to be 24 chapters, three parts, um, will be about um, all the different things that are in the weird paranormal world tied in with experiences and stories that I've had. So you're going to have uh, aliens of all kinds, crop circles, um, uh, inner earth stuff. Um, I'm getting into, I'll probably get into the Rancher book a little bit. Um, I'll get into Ascended Masters. Um, all these Native American stuff, all this different stuff, fundamental Christian thing, which I know we've talked about on past shows, all that stuff I'm going to be writing about in the last eight chapters, kind of sum it all up, and it's going to set up the book three, which is going to be all about souls and, um, and uh, where they come, where they go, that kind of thing. And that's, that book is going to be called, and that has not been written yet, that book is called The Hyperdimensional Hydrosonic Photovoltaic Heart. And I'm not sure if there's going to be a subtitle yet or not because that's a little wordy. Wow, that's a word. So, that's so a yeah, long so, title. Say that again. Hyper. Uh, it's, the hi, it's, the, it's the um, hyperdimensional hydrosonic photovoltaic heart. And um, wow, it's 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 really interesting because I've I've just inherited this library in the last year or so from Andrew and Heather Thomas. Now, Andrew Thomas has written several books, including We Are Not the First. And um, uh, on the shores of endless worlds, planetary doctrine. Let's see, the the book I like is Shambhala Oasis of Light, where he chronicles a bunch of the different inner Earth stories from around the world, um, and then tells about his own stories of traveling through China and Tibet, where he goes to these different lamaseries. And so, what Andrew did was he he got blessed by this lama um, with the the tradition of the Kala Chakra, which is the heart path. And that the Lama told him that, uh, not coincidentally, that the time is right for the heart path to come out, for this particular knowledge of the heart to come forward. And so this Lama, like, blessed Andrew Thomas with this knowledge that he put in this book. And so, you know, here I am writing these books um, about, you know, Song in Your Heart, Tales of Heavy Heart, um, Hyperdimensional, Hydrosonic, Photovoltaic Heart, and then this stuff drops in my lap. And so... You know, I can't help but think that in some way I'm part of at least that aspect of the PR campaign where now I'm charged with spreading this information about the heart around the world. And um, and uh, that's the latest chapter of mine in the Inner Earth saga where I think literally I'm being prepared and, and um, they're being patient with me as I raise my vibration because for years I've really wanted and desired to go to the Inner Earth and see what, see what that's all about. Um, whether that's in the hollow earth or the subterranean earth, I'm not exactly sure, but I want to see one of these societies. And, and um, you know, you asked me earlier, and then I think I got sidetracked about where that came from. Where did uh-huh. that desire come from? I'm not really right. sure. Yes. I'm not really sure, but I remember seeing um, Journey to the Center of the Earth with Pat Boone when I was a little boy and being terrified. I saw by that the, one, too. Yeah, I, w- I remember being terrified by the gi- the picture of the giant iguana that um, mm-hmm. was really about six inches long, maybe, but they made it look like it was a giant. And, uh, right, right. <clears throat> that kind of burned it into my mind, I think. And, um, 
you know, the the more fascinated I am um, with my own self and spiritual growth, I think the inner earth comes more and more into play because I think that's the that's the step that the humans need to take is to embrace um, this other part of ourselves um, in the form of these these supposedly advanced beings so that we can together move forward to a higher level. And um, for, that just sounds so exciting. And, um, you know, I don't want to have to deal with electric bills and and <clears throat> a lot of the stuff that we have to deal with on this on this crazy planet, right? I'd rather go somewhere where we could all just be happy and have no stress or at least low stress and and be able to, to let joy and happiness guide our evolution. Instead of what we have now, we're constantly fighting with with not just ourselves but the, the external environment. Every you know, we're being uh, doused with chemicals and we're bombarded with uh, commercials on TV and radio and and on the internet and we're we're there's the squalor seems like seems to be spreading everywhere and and um, I just hope that this is a sign that 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 you know how they say it gets darkest before the dawn. Well, right. hopefully it, it doesn't yeah. get too much darker before we see some light. <laughs> and because um, you know, yeah, I to, I, I'd hate to see it go too much darker. You know. Yeah, Sasha, you've been quiet. Where are you, sweetheart? Yeah, yeah. You know, these are the time, These these are the times that try men's souls and, and women's souls too. Just listen to Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez uh, and you can see what the future can be. I'm talking about a planet that cares, that cares about all its people. It makes sure that every light shines. It's here and it's the terribleness of the times that makes the wonderfulness of the solutions possible. Very good. Right. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a young heard... lady. Go ahead. Uh, there's a young lady, Greta, uh, from Switzerland or something, and uh, she started a movement where people are, and it's all over. It's it's international because of the internet, and children everywhere are are striking, are marching, are making signs about in our our climate disaster. So. Um, oh, we're down to the last three minutes. Okay, back to you. You've got the last three minutes before we go oh, off air. Sweet. What would you like us um, to know? Yes. I would just like to say that, uh, you know, um, I don't know why I write my books or I'm into UFOs so much um, other than to say that I'm really curious as to who I am and why I'm here. I think that's really everybody's really big questions. And um, the people that – I think uh, don't focus on that quite so much are more successful <laughs> and because they, they're not uh, kind of sidetracked by that, those spiritual questions. Why that's true, I'm not sure, but um, I'm, I'm continuing on my spiritual path, and uh, I think uh, I look forward to some kind of a something happening on the 4th of July at the Ascended Master Conference in Mount Shasta City. Um, you could check that out. I think it's heartcenter.org. If you're interested in going up, that's really beautiful up there and uh, lots of camping. And, um, you know, I really appreciate you guys having me on. It's been a few years, and uh, and uh, I, I am reminded of the pleasant experiences that we've had in the past. So thank you again for having me on. Oh, yeah. We will we will definitely have to meet again somewhere in time and space. We're, we're taking uh, – normally we travel all, most of the summer and several times a year, 
but this year we decided to take off 2019 because I get a, a really big psychic hit that 2020 is going to be absolutely amazing. Now, do you have a website, uh, Brett? I only have a Facebook to... page right now. Um, it's, it's Brett.Luder, B-R-E-T, and Luder's L-U-E-D-E-R. Um, I had a website, and then um, Sean David Morton went on sabbatical and had um, my my hostess, Monique Lasson, uh, host his show, and then she had me on as a guest. Well, the next day, my website got hacked, and I just haven't been oh, able to get geez. it together yet. I've, I've worked with different people, and then just people haven't worked out. And Now I'm working with a guy right now doing some video work for me, so we'll see if I can get some projects done and then get these two books out by December. Well, we look forward to your, your books, and uh, when you get them out, we'll have to promote them for you, so let us know. Thank you, you so got much, it. everybody. Thanks for, again, guys. Okay, aloha. 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 Thanks for coming. I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. On the go? Still want to listen? Don't have one of those fancy phones with too many buttons. Don't know what an app is? Or you don't even care? Well, we got you here at Revolution Radio. Now you can dial in 24-7 to listen to our shows. We have a number for Studio A and Studio B. And best of all, it's free. Don't forget, your carrier charges for your cell phone provider may apply, though. So check with your cell provider to make sure. So ready? Here you go. Get a pen. Here's the number. Studio A is 712-432-6958. And Studio B is 716-748-0112. Thank you very much for listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station in the world. Hey, everyone. It's Barbara Jean Lindsay, the Cosmic Oracle. If you have questions about your past lives or future plans, need answers from the cosmos about your love life or career, or just want to keep your finger on the pulse of the planet, check out my show, The Cosmic Oracle, here on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Thanks for tuning in to Revolution Radio. Here at Revolution Radio, we are listener-sponsored and commercial-free. But there still are bills to pay. In order to raise some needed funds to cover the cost, our station is offering a silver special. In the continental United States for a $60 donation, or in Alaska, Hawaii, or Canada for a $70 donation, we will send you an uncirculated 2018 one-ounce pure silver eagle. The $70 donation, uh, the extra 10 is to cover shipping, by the way, outside of the continental United States. 
When making the donation, you must put Silver Eagle promo in the notes on the donation. And thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio at revolution.radio and freedomslips.com. Without you, there is no less. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. Looking for a nightcap to fill your listening needs? Come join us on Spaced Out Radio with me, Dave Scott, right here on Revolution Radio. Monday through Friday for three hours a night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, we will take you down the supernatural path. From ET contact to the paranormal and all of the spiritual, cryptid, and conspiracy stories in between, you can find us right here on Revolution Radio at spacedoutradio.com, 